Hi, and welcome back. Today, I have the honor to have Jackie. Uh, today, we're going to talk about writing skills. We're going to talk about how to improve your writing, how to be a good writer. And the reason why I brought Jackie here is because Jackie went to a great school, and then she's going to introduce herself uh, to an Ivy League school, which we're going to talk about it. And I want Jackie today to share her tips, to share everything that she had to do in order to graduate and be who she is today. Jackie, welcome. How are you? Hi, Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Well, Jackie, let me tell everyone, you used to be my student. We started yeah. on geometry, I think. I think everyone starts yes. on geometry with the tutors. And we went all the way to, to I guess, no, I think you still have your message in your cell phone as Jackie's geometry. I still have you on the <laughs> cell phone as Jackie, as Jackie geometry. Jackie, tell us where, where the, um, tell us who's Jackie, who's Jackie Olenberg? Okay, so I am from Miami originally, and I met you because I had a very difficult time with math. I went to a private Jewish day school in, um, the South Beach, Miami Beach area. And I had a goal when I first started high school that I didn't want to be like my peers and do what was expected of me, which was to stay in Miami and go to a school nearby and not leave home. So I said to the guidance counselor on, we, everybody had a meeting with the guidance counselor when we first started, and she said, Where, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go to the University of Pennsylvania. And she said, well, if you want to go there, you're going to have to work really, really hard, and you're going to have to do a lot you know, studying, and you're going to have to take all the hard classes, and you're going to have to join all the clubs. But if you want to do it, you can try. How old were you, Jackie, when that happens? How old were you? I was 14. 14? And... Okay, keep going. I wanted just to make sure people knew this. Was, you were 14 and you wanted to go to this school and you really wanted really bad. And then what happened? And then what happened was I realized that I was a strong writer and I was strong in my English subjects, my history subjects. Science was a little challenging, but it wasn't as challenging as math. So I sought help. And with your help, with your tutoring and you know, with like extensive studying for the SATs, the ACT, and really focusing in on that, I was able to make sure that my scores were balanced and that I didn't have too much of a strength on one end and not enough on the other. So that way the school saw me as a balanced candidate academically. And I made sure that even though I wasn't good at math and I would most likely have been placed in the non-honors track courses that I pushed myself into the honors classes and made sure I was in the advanced placement classes because I knew that that was what I needed in order to go to Penn. Wow. And that's what that's that's how it started. The other thing that I did in high school was my mom is very great at helping people, you know, move forward with their futures and understanding you know, how to best position themselves to achieve their goals. Your mom is a great manager, a great manager. It was always a manager mom from the beginning. You guys had the goal. We're 14. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. 
Jackie, did you ever have someone telling you you're not going to do it? It's not going to happen. You're not good at math. You're yeah. Dreaming. You know that my, uh, my middle school math teacher said to me that, said to my parents that I will never be able to get into honors math, that I, this is true, you don't know this, I'll never wow. be able to get into honors math, that my math skills are so poor that there's, I should probably have retaken like sixth grade math and that I like, you know, I really need extra help. Like legitimately, it wasn't something that I'm making up just to say this, like this is the truth. And then you'll remember my math teacher in ninth grade, the, the guy who had the super, super ridiculously hard, you looked at it and you were like, this was the first quiz. <laughs> he was very deep. Well, just so people know, he was hired to do SAT, like, you know, the SAT college board can hire some people to help with their programs. And the, and he was one of them. I think I remember, we're not going to say his name, but and, and they hired him. The first time he was teaching, like, freshman students, because he only ever taught the older students. And so he was like, I guess, I don't know if he was, if he felt like he was, like, downgraded or whatever. So he just made it extremely difficult. And I felt so like intimidated because it was so difficult and I really had that as a problem he was mean like in in school he wasn't very nice and like it was very evident that I was at the bottom of the class but I made it funny you know like I made jokes about it I said to my friends we're all on the same boat together every time we both think like who's thinking like is it just me like so, you know, like, I mean, it's funny, but it wasn't, it wasn't funny. I mean, it was really hard, but. And it's painful you know, it's that a prof a, a, an educator tells you, like, don't. So, yeah, yeah, you were the first person to give me confidence in math, by the way. Oh, Jax, I was just doing my it's job. It's true. It, it hurts me. You it's know, true. I have to mention this because I don't know if this still happens in private schools. The competition mm -hmm. is so aggressive these girls boys are so aggressive and especially when you are in, in 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 these high schools that academically people are like oh this is the best high school and they're expensive and it, I remember that I always had the energy from all the students from these different schools that no she needs yeah. to SAT score SAT if no and I was always wondering I was like my god this is just high school let's just relax yeah it's, it's and it gets worse much now. worse in college. And it no. gets, yeah. So, Jax, how do you find out you got into the school of your dreams? Let's talk about that, that moment. So, you go, you really get yourself, you pass your SAT, your, your ACT, and you take a deep breath. How, uh, before I go to how do you find out, how, can you tell us how is the process to apply and how expensive it is to apply to an Ivy League school? Tell us what is an Ivy, Ivy League school first. What would we consider? What is it? School? Yes. So it's actually kind of silly, but the Ivy League is a sports league, and it's the eight oldest colleges, universities in America, and they play each other in their own sports league called the Ivy League. All mm. and they have Ivy on their campuses, so that's where it comes from. But it's now colloquially referred to as the Ivy League because it's you know, schools of a certain caliber that are all within the top ranks in the world, not just in the United States, and they're consistently the best schools in the world, not just in the United States. So there's that, and that kind of is like now the brand of what it is, but really they're just 
eight schools that were really old and that you know are really really difficult to get into like that's pretty much what it is isn't that so how much is how hard and how much does it take to apply to those schools like what what is the acceptance the acceptance rate is i believe the year that i applied the acceptance rate the university of pennsylvania was I don't know if it was nine percent or under nine percent. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Like we're talking about that. I mean, God knows how many people actually apply to the school, and only the nine percent makes it. Uh, so, Jax, yeah. when you go and you say, "What do you tell someone that tells you today, I want to go to an Ivy League school? Where do you start? Can you actually?" be graduated and just you know if your high school was okay do you still have a chance or do you have to go from when you're 14 to become someone you have to go from when you're 14 there's 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 very 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 little chance that if you don't have this qualifications as your peers that you'll get accepted and the qualifications get more rigorous every year basically because there's so much information now and there's such a level of specificity that the schools can determine exactly like what was offered to you exactly yeah. what opportunities you had around you what opportunities you were given to be the best in your specific school in your specific community so they'll know if you applied and you said on your application that you were first place here and you won this here and if it's a lively like, they it's easy for them to find out so and it's they have you know very strong relationships with your guidance counselors with all the local schools all the private schools so they know exactly what courses were offered to you what level of courses you took what was you know where you stood in your class in relation to like your gpa what does the gpa at your school mean and how they can compare it to gpa at the school around the corner so it kind of wow the playing field it's very specific and it's a lot the the college admissions process is its own industry i mean there's i would say now probably thousands of people that you can hire to write your essays and to you know, help you write your resume properly for college. And there's tons of tutoring now that is only focused on college admissions exams. Wow. Like it, it, it is it's true. Yes. And so there's, in order to make it, you have to recognize that it is an industry. You have to recognize that it's a process and that there is, there's specific steps you have to take in order to get there. And very few people can really bypass those steps. And very few people can, you know, be so, so unbelievably stellar, like child actors or, you know, politicians. <laughs> yeah, there's, right. If you're, you know, you're very well connected, but those are, you know, very few people, but they make up a large portion of the people you actually end up going to school with. But the people that you end up going to school with are all people that I soon found out are people who have been training to be there for many years, more than their four years in high school. I mean, like my peers have been going to really, really, really rigorous prep schools since 
sixth grade, first grade. I mean, like there's the, the level of competition to just get there is so intense and it starts so young. Wow. And it, it's such a, it's such a wild thing to think about because, you know, you have to, you have to really like set your mind to it. What stood me apart was not so much my grades because you can have great grades and you can have a great GPA, but that's not necessarily what's going to get you into the school. In fact, like that's actually not what's going to get you into the school anymore. Now they expect you to be able to have been the president of this club and started that club and have done this and have, you know, gone to Rwanda and like made a new well in some village and it's crazy. It, so like it, having it is, access yes. is huge. And resources to do that is huge because there's so many kids, it's very disproportionate, right? That have the ability to have tutoring, that have the ability to, you know, start their own nonprofit, right? Because their parents just write them a check. I mean, like there's so many things that you do to make yourself seem like so much more. What I did in high school was I started a club and I thought that it was this, like, this was, like, exactly, like, to fit into the Ivy League mold. I started the Human Rights Awareness Club. And all of my friends, the entire school joined the Human Rights Awareness Club because everybody was like, oh, my gosh, this will sound so great for college. Wow, that's, like, a great marketing (laughs) It was It was awesome. And we raised, like... I almost like definitely I don't know the the amount anymore, but like seven like a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars for the charity water. I decided that in order for the school to let me bring in human rights awareness, I couldn't talk about things that were too graphic. So <laughs> I talked about clean water and how everybody deserves clean drinking water. And that people around the world don't have access to it. So we all raised money for this organization called Charity Water. And it was great. And the school loved it because they were like, oh, this is so nice. Like, that's that's great. And so for college, like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, that is great. And the other thing I did was I won a national competition. And I noticed that all of my friends had this in common. Everybody had something on their resume that was easily verifiable what is it what what do you mean national competition of what yeah so it was this is like it's like not that it's not something that like you would think about but it was event planning there was this jewish national organization called ncsy and they hosted a competition every year called the jump competition and basically each school had to have a team and each team had to have a captain and you had to create school-wide or community-wide events in different categories and rate, you know, fundraise and, you know, have people come and learn and like they had topics. So like one of them was on Holocaust awareness or, you know, it was just, so that was what we did and we won. I, we went to, it was national. It was in every Jewish day school across the country. Wow. They chose like five schools. We went to New York to the super fancy building who now is the person, it was a law office of the person who is now the current ambassador to the state of Israel. Wow. And was the personal lawyer no longer. Now he's on the team of the president. So there's that. So that was cool. It was super fancy. We won. And that was awesome. But the school, Penn, when I put it on my resume, they could like type in my name and they could see like, oh, this was for real. You really did do this. Like this came up. 
So that set me apart. That was different. That was something that was nationally recognized. It was something that I achieved and it was something that I showed them like, hey, on top of keeping up with my studies, I did this too. So that is the advice that I give most people that, you know, you need to do something that's going to set you apart. That's not just studying. So what you're, what, what I'm wrapping up here from this whole process is you have to have good grades, but that's just not enough. You, they want basically leadership. Obviously uh, this is a business. Most, I think it's very, I mean, they have a lot of degrees and, but I think mostly they want business people. And because, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if that, if I'm saying something that is wrong, well, but I mean, it don't have to be business, but like if you won like a national science competition or you right. won the coding competition or, you know, like you showed initiative, you showed achievement, you showed some kind of above average qualification that said, Hey, I did this over the majority of people and yes. I was recognized for it. It, and, and it makes sense because you do want to have people that have that ambition. I think it's ambition. Tiki, how was, mm-hmm. so all of this process and everything we're talking about, it seems like what type of people go to, like, how, what, how are your friends? How are your friends? Where they're all like, we got to go and study and let's not talk about, like, how is to go to that school? Like, what type of people do you meet? Do you meet people that you're like unbelievable and you meet people like, is everyone very grounded? How is it? Like, how would you describe your classmates from your bachelor? It's very school dependent. And it's very school dependent. Um, I think like, you know, your counselors or people that, you know, will help guide you in your college admissions process will say it's all about fit. So the big thing is you go to the school first before you apply or, you know, and you go and you see it and you show them in the school, like they know that if you come to visit and you show them that you're interested and you can walk around the campus. What I did was, and I advise people who, you know, are interested in applying to these kinds of schools to just walk around by yourself. Don't go with a parent. Don't go with like a counselor. If you go with your school, just take a moment and walk around by yourself and see if you can really see yourself there. When I was there, I really felt like I could see myself. So the people that I went to school with, I had a lot in common with them, you know, personality-wise. They were more fun. They were more outgoing. They were more social because that was, like, the characteristic, the personality of the school that I chose. The personality that people claim the University of Pennsylvania is, is that it's a work hard, play hard People work really hard, but they're also really down to have a good time. They're down to have fun. They're down to meet up. There's a lot of you know, there's Greek life, there's not Greek life, there's club, there's a lot of things going on. It's not a strictly academically rigorous school. Other schools have different personalities. So it's just a matter of where you fit. And that's the key in a lot of ways to your success. Was it a lot of pressure? Like, did you feel um, very sick sometimes? Like, how was it? Terrible. I mean, so one of the things, and this is something that's been in the media a lot um, about my university was something that they call pen face, which is that students put on this bravado that, you know, oh yeah, like they're barely doing work, but they're secretly working super hard and, but they're going out and partying until four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, then there's a, like a high rate of suicide in the Ivy League schools. And I, I mean, at Penn and other schools too. And it's because there's this, 
inordinate amount of pressure that you've been put under to get there. And then when you get there, it's like this overwhelming sense of relief. There's no competition in terms of like, when you were in high school, it was like, oh, what was your score? Like, what was your GPA? Like, it wasn't like that. Because everybody at that point were leveled. Everyone got around the same scores. Everybody had the same qualifications to be there. So you're like in ground so zero, was, basically. <laughs> right. So everyone's like making friends, but they're not just making friends. They're trying to network. So that's when like it shifts from making friends to making connections. And I didn't really get that at first. So people are, you know, trying to at the same time as make friends and have fun also are keeping in mind this is the kind of job they want to have this is the kind of career they're going to go for because it's the career that they're going to have the most success with it's the career that the recruiters come the most to this university for and so they structure their academic course loads their majors in order to fit the career in that they're going to try to get into and most of the time it's in the financial industry or the consulting industry because that's where it, this is kind of like the breeding ground for that where these recruiters from these very big corporations in finance and consulting and other big fortune 500 companies they come to the universities and they specifically choose students from those specific universities, come to the universities and interview them. So there is a leg up. If you get into this kind of university, you have a leg up to get these jobs. It's not necessarily you're going to get the job, but you have the leg up in terms of the access to the people who would hire you. So was it but hard for you? All the competition. Oh my gosh, yeah. Was I it hard like, once you graduate? Because you have your master's too. Yeah. And um, t tell us about um, your bachelor's and your master's. What, what did you achieve? So I did my bachelor's in communications and I did a minor in uh, cinema and media studies. And while I was there, I was really interested in studying branding. And I took a class in branding. One of the things that I, that I loved about Penn was that you could choose any class in the whole university. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman or if you're a PhD student. All classes oh. are technically open for you. So I took this class. I didn't know it was a master's class, and I didn't know it was in what would be my master's program. I loved it. And I did another class on social entrepreneurship because I thought that was interesting, too. And then they were like, hey, Jack, you know, like, if you do eight more classes, like, you'll have a master's degree. And I was like, no way. Like, <laughs> that's no way. Cool. So that's yeah. an advantage that you have once you get in. Once you get in, for sure, it's much easier to, I mean, in certain programs, it's not easy to go into law school or dental school or uh, medical school, but there's tracks to get you there. If you're already in as an undergraduate, there's a track to go into the law school. There's a track to go into the medical school, into the business school, but you have to be an exceptional student. You have to follow like what they tell you to do. You have to really want it from the beginning. So wow. it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you don't I, know about it. Yeah. No, I, I think this is very interesting. And the reason why I wanted, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you today about your experience in this school because I was part of the transition of going from geometry to like now I'm getting married. And then, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like you're an adult, you know. So, um, Jackie, I also know that. Obviously, you're an incredible writer. So I ask you to tell us 
how do you become a better writer? I'm a horrible writer. I write by structure. Like I'm not, and the flat, like, and we're talking, mm -hmm. when I'm talking about writing, I'm talking about college writing. Like how do you write a, a good paper, APA and all that. It, it takes a lot of work and it is actually an art. You have to write constantly in order to get the thesis statement, the hook, and then you go the transition. It's extremely hard. And obviously, because you're in this school that is so competitive to get there, all of these people it's are competitive to be there. And yes. to maintain yourself, how do you survive the writing part? And that's what I want you to tell us a little bit about the tips. How, what did you learn from that school to say, you can do this and you will be a great writer? So they require all students to take a writing seminar um, when you're in the university at some point while you're there. And it's a class that everybody hates because everybody has to do it, but it's important and you learn a lot. One of the things that I learned was how to properly take information from academic sources or books or articles on the web and translate them into an academic paper. And that was really like the goal of the course. And so a lot of the ways that it's, it takes, if you, if it's hard for you to write and it's hard for you to just pull out information that you think is important or pull out information that you know you have to pull out, the best way that they taught us how to do it is to create kind of like an outline of every chapter. So it's, this is really when you're doing like a heavy research it's not really something that you would do for like a creative paper or a paper that would require, you know, more, you know, creative thinking. And it, this re is more research for papers are the hardest ones uh, because you have to have a structure, scholars, a structure, right. scholars. and then you say, oh, exactly. And you have to continue. So, so that structure is, is extreme. I, I, I had to get into the writing to help students. And then I realized, I say, whoa, this takes a lot of time yeah. to do. A it takes a lot of time. Like a college research paper. I'm talking even like a thousand word paper, right? Like a one page and a half or whatever. It's very difficult. And what, what do you think, Jackie, is, I know like when people talk about like research writing, right? You have to have, like we talk about, the ability of pulling out that information and say, okay, this is relevant enough because you want to say the, the less, the better, right? The more objective you are, the easier. So right. what, what do you think, Jackie, someone that wants to do a paper that is a two page paper, what, where do they start? And they hate so, the topic. Let's say that this is a topic that is unknown. Where do they start? So you have to, if you're given source material to pull from that you start from the source material you're pulled from if not you know you have to go into most universities have um or even just google you know the topic and the basic idea is you're always focusing in on what it is that they're actually asking of you what is the prompt what is it that they're actually asking you to write about because most often what happens is you you might write a great paper but you don't get a great grade because is figuring out exactly what it is that they're asking of you to write and then figuring out from there okay I know now this is what I have to write about 
how can I make this my own and give a good argument about this specific thing or present this information in a way that's very clear and concise. So the best thing to do is to gather your research materials first and really understand what it is that you're gonna say before you really start writing. Because once you really know what you're gonna say, it makes the writing process a lot easier. Instead of just starting from blank and you're looking at your screen, you have this blank page in front of you, it's much easier if you just take and you can copy it and paste it all into a document. You can see all of your research in front of you. And then you can see like, okay, now I see it all in front of me and you can reread it. And then you see this makes sense for my paper. This doesn't make sense for my paper. This makes sense for my paper. This doesn't make sense for my paper. And then you just delete, delete, delete until you have what makes sense for your paper. And now you have all the things that make sense for your paper. You know exactly where you pulled it from. You have your sources. You can use, there's like citation creation websites so you can have a proper citation for whatever citation it is that's required of you. And then you just keep it all together. So you keep like what you're pulling from with the citation already made. So you have it all ready to go. And now you can start to outline your paper and you can say, okay, I'm gonna use source one for my first paragraph or two for my second three for my third or one and two for my first and then you can see like okay my argument is starting to form here and you know exactly what you're going to put in each of these paragraphs they don't have to be that ordered necessarily at first and then you can think okay here i have what i'm trying to say and here's three things that are going to support what i'm trying to say so the credibility part the credibility part right that so you have your your, your thesis which is what your whole art, what your paper is about and your thesis is, this is what I'm trying to say. And then you have your reasons of support and your support is this is what's supporting what I'm saying. This is what's supporting what I'm saying. This is what I'm supporting what I'm saying. A lot of times they also ask you to, and higher level papers to also do a counter. So then you also have to have a counter argument to what you're saying. And then you can also have a refute of that counter argument. So it's gonna depend entirely on what it is that's asked of you if that's not asked of you you don't have to go that far if it's required of you then you do have to go that far which you will never be in a position yeah and, and you will you'll never be in a position at least as an undergraduate student where you won't be told explicitly what's expected of you that was my fear that i thought that I, you know i was just gonna have to go above and beyond but it's it's very clear and your professors and the TAs are there to help you and they're there to answer your questions. They'll tell you, no, you don't have to go that far. There are students who do go that far, but it's not even necessary and it's not really even gonna push their grade up that much higher. It's just a matter of following what's expected of you and then making your argument really make sense and be really clear and be really concise and be really profound because writing is subjective and the people who read your work it's their opinion on what they think of your work. But there's criteria that they grade you on. Did you meet this criteria? Yes or no? It's true. So, a lot of people don't read the roving gradings. And I, that's what I tell students. Start from there. What do they want you to write? Because when you don't know how to write, you just sit there and you just look at the paper, exactly what you say. And you're like, okay, and what do I do? And it's actually the opposite. I feel that you should start getting the, exactly how you say, get all your researches, Put them all together and say, okay, I can use this for this, this for that. And it seems like a very simple process, like I'm describing it. It's very difficult because I think 
The, the, the part about writing is not so much writing, is what research is relevant and how do I add it <laughs> into, and obviously writing, I have, like I said it before, it's an art. They are excellent writers, but I always tell students, take it easy because we're usually like me, writing is not my strong, right? So I will always yeah. feel that my paper is not going to be good enough because I don't know who doesn't feel like that. Who doesn't feel like that? I don't know, but no. doesn't matter how yeah, good it is. True. You always feel like, I want, because what you're saying is a subjective subject that you just, oh, I don't think, obviously that I love writing uh, like financial reports or doing financial analysis because two plus two is four, period. Like that's it. But when you're writing mm -hmm. a document about arguing about vaccines, for example, that's, mm -hmm. a very, you know, you have to make sure that you're no bias. You have to make sure that you, 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 you know what you're speaking and you don't say anything that you might feel. You may be writing about vaccines, but you may be an anti-vaxxer and be, but you have to write about the advantages of being vaccinated. I don't know. I'm making an example. So it's very hard sometimes to write yeah. subjects that the school is going to ask you, even though if you're not, a bit, you don't have passion about it because it's different. So yeah. uh, Jackie, this was awesome. I really enjoy talking about your experience. Um, in you know and, and and not so much your experience your journey from being 14 saying yeah. i'm gonna do it have someone telling you you can't i do remember a lot that when you will come to the center you you will be upset sometimes and you will be sad not upset sad and you know so we will always start the lesson and we will laugh and we had such a you know great connection and i always yeah. felt that you were meant for doing some, you know, big things in this life because you have an incredible energy. And I hope today, whoever is watching this and they can see a Jackie in there and said, you know what, Jackie did it because I know how hard you work to get your bachelor's and your master's from the school of your dreams. So I want to thank you for sharing that experience. I hope to have you again thank on my you, podcast. Thank you, Vanessa. Uh, I hope so too. Thank you so much, Jackie. Have a good day. Thank you, Vanessa. Love you. All right.